What is up, bums? I hope you are all doing well today. We have a super duper awesome episode that we've had saved for a minute. Uh, before we get to that, bums, please check out our Instagram. That is where you can interact with us the best and hit us up with ideas and your thoughts on the episode. Please check out our Instagram at T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S, the bums. Also check out our website, www.strugglingbums.com. I don't know if I put a fourth W or not. It doesn't matter. You guys know it's three. If you don't, you should probably go back to school. Um, but with that being said, Bums, we have an awesome episode. You know the Bums love cinema, and we couldn't do cinema without this special guest. Special guest, how would you say hi? Reoccurring. Hey, stuff. everybody. You you guys know me from past episodes. The boy, yeah, Trill Yalom. Yeah, Trill Yalom. Uh, day one, homie. Known this guy since he was a freshman. Love Will to Death. Uh, diehard football guy. But as I've discovered through this podcast, bigger diehard cinema guy wills i thought i was a movie guy will made me realize i'm not that big of a movie guy <laughs> there are levels to being a movie guy <laughs> that's just will being nice and you know being a good buddy <laughs> will but yeah today buzz we're gonna be talking about how cinema reflects culture you know art is re- art reflects a lot of culture and vice versa and cinema is part of art. So we're just going to be talking about, you know, a lot of the kind of uh, collaboration, I would say, between what's put on cinema and what's going on in the world world, and how either or have affected each other. So with that being said, Eddie, how does cinema reflect culture? Like what, what movies would you say you've seen recently that are really kind of reflecting culture? What have you seen in culture that's reflecting in movies? Um... You know, man, I think, shit, sorry, I think I'm starting to get sick. We recorded earlier today, and now my throat's <laughs> kind of fucked, but, um, I mean, we just talked about it, like, literally right before the episode, like, Barbie, Oppenheimer, um, I mean, I would even argue that Godzilla Minus Zero, um, yeah. reflects a lot of it yeah. as well, um, what else, what other movies came out this past year? I didn't actually see a lot of them that like I should have, unfortunately. But I think those are like prime examples of history or society or uh, the dregs of a culture and society. In the example of Godzilla minus zero, and what it may influence and cause. And then when it comes to these movies, doing it in such different ways, where uh, the three examples I listed, I mean, really, one of them is supposed to be like a history rendition or a fic not fictional rendition but like you know almost like a documentary but a movie version of it right one of them has a giant monster in it and another is about a toy but all three of them were able to convey such deep meanings and themes that we all can draw from and relate to um and i think that's where cinema was it that's where, yeah, that's where cinema reflects our culture because all those things that it, it encapsulates, like, are all things that we go through, that we experience, that we had to study, that we had to learn about. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to have you go last because I know you, there's a lot you want to talk about, and I'll keep it really short. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was Godzilla minus, minus one, right? Is that the proper title? Minus zero, but yeah, minus one, zero, zero whatever. So, I understand that, not to spoil, but the premise is talking a lot about... I haven't seen it yet. Oh. um, Sorry. But not too much of a swear. But there's emphasis on mental health. And for, you know, the nation of Japan and 
what they went through in the World War II side. And I thought I found that really interesting. You know, something I've realized in the last four or five years is like the importance of mental health and seeing how cultures really come a long way from there was a time growing up when it's like, oh, that guy goes to therapy. Like, that's bad to dude, everybody should be going to therapy. Like you need that in your life. And I think it's cool to see, you know, a movie that's set right after World War II really talk about a time where mental health wasn't showcased at all and to see it. I thought that was a really cool example. Um, shoot, what was the other movie? Oh, Shrinking, which I realized is a television show. But I thought it was really cool that, again, a show about therapy and mental health and different aspects of it was like the second most popular show in 2023 on Apple television. I thought that was, I felt, I found that very revolutionary. I mean, I just couldn't think of a show that I had seen that had done high levels of success being solely based on mental health and going and, and being very realistic with how people go through their process of getting over things or should say coming through things stronger and so forth. So those were the two, like the emphasis on mental health, I guess, within cinema was a huge thing I noticed this year. All right. And then I'm, a, I'm assuming I'm next. Go for so, it. So um, I have a, a few different things, mainly how cinema reflects culture. One of them is just through, and I've, I'm not necessarily picking movies that I just saw in theaters or that were brand new, but ones that I've seen through my list the last few years, but like, I think they reflect a lot. Like the main biggest one is like you guys said about history, but a lot of it is like telling folk tales and putting those into movies, whether it's something like the Northmen or Midsummer, something like that, where there are folk tales surrounding them. And then you guys, you guys talk about Godzilla minus zero, but I was actually going to bring up the original Godzilla from 1954 about, um, and then another movie from Japan also called Pulse, and that came out in, like, 2001, I want to say. But both those reflecting, like, fears of society, whether it's Godzilla reflecting the fear of the nukes, basically, and, like, it like testing them in the sea, and are they going to create a giant monster that will come and ravage our cities? Or Pulse with the fear of the internet, and I'm not going to spoil what it's about, but basically just like one of those movies that came out right around the rise of widespread internet use, and like not knowing what it is and what it could lead to, which they might have been onto something. But and then the biggest one that I think about weekly is the different um batman takes between joker the batman and i guess joker's not really a batman movie but it's in the same universe joker the batman and dark knight where they all reflect different aspects of society for lack of a better word where the dark knight is a real really uh mechanized militarized version of batman in response to the the wars that were going on and terrorism in the 2000s and those fears and those responses whereas the joker is a just a guy who feels slighted by society or ignored and what he can what he can come to and that's like the the sigma grind set or just general people outcasted and then last one the batman which a different type of villain um you have a you have a guy who weaponizes the internet and 
chat rooms and forums and Twitch streams to get his little contingent and rile them up and go on a rampage. So that's the 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 three minute summary. That last one seems a little too uh, a little too familiar, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this. It's as a little I've close gotten, to home. Because I've gotten more into Reddit. There's certain forums where I'm like, I click on it and I'm like, I need to leave immediately. This is, <laughs> yep. a, this is a little sus. I, and then I'm like, bro, this shit might be real. Like, I, it, my problem with the movie yep. was I didn't understand the concept that people take Reddit or we'll just say internet forums so serious mm-hmm. that like they would, yeah. oh, guys, we're going to go do this deed. We're all going to be here doing this, that, and the other. Do you not remember? I would the, just think it was a joke. Let's I would storm not... Area 51. Oh, bro. I, exactly I would not think that stuff serious at all. And so, therefore, I would be in that type of thing. Because, like, oh, this is a joke. Ha, ha, ha. And they would happen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Nobody was yep. joking. They're, yeah, so they're, not things, they're not things you notice necessarily <laughs> overtly at the time. But, but your brain notices them. And they're back there. Right. And I, I love how you mentioned the militarization. Yeah, I remember the first Batmobile. It's tan because it's meant for the Middle East. Yeah, and, a, you know, the stupid he wears. Is, yeah, it's just like wow. You don't. I didn't think about it like that. But, and you know, that and the villains are literal terrorists, whether domestic or international. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly what the the biggest fear was at that time. Yeah, no, I mean, well, you you killed that. I mean, appreciate damn, it. appreciate it. I'm great job. Well, you for you, the next ones. They, I mean, well, they reflect the times. Cinema usually reflects the times. Yeah. So yeah, now they, they might lag means... a little behind the times simply because you have to experience it first before you do it. <laughs> but I mean, there are some movies that are way ahead of their time, where the concepts they take on or the concepts they try to talk about are either timeless or things that eventually, you know, like holy shit. Yeah. 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 Well, moving forward with that, well, I want you to take this next question. How have you seen culture reflect in cinema? Has there been anything like just even your timeline or I, I don't know that you've seen like, oh, like that definitely. You, here, I'll give an example. The first mm-hmm. thing that came to my mind was the new Ted series. I've been telling everybody I can about it. I'm a big fan of Family Guy and Second Part. I know that's a particular taste, but that show has gotten raves because. Yo, the humor, they leave no punches. They do not care. It is not PC, as one would say. It is not... It's not woke? It, it's not woke. And it it's not that like I want to use that type of language, per se. But I think it's like, oh, people just expect all comedies now to be like, oh, they wouldn't make a suicide joke. They wouldn't make a yeah. what is deemed inappropriate joke now. And Ted does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It all, it's all out there. Like, there's no... There's no out of bounds, you know, and I said, so I think that's interesting. I, I think that's, you know, I've heard it from some people that, you know, they they don't mind that things are getting more politically correct, per se, in some aspects, but in others, in terms of letting off steam, they wouldn't mind a couple movies or shows like that. So I, I know it's doing well in Peacock, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. And so I was going to say, I mean, Eddie kind of said this in reverse, but with cinema lagging movies lagging behind culture sometimes but it's like with any art it might you might not necessarily see a movie's impact until after with hindsight maybe maybe right maybe right after like one two three years after but sometimes it might be 10 years after and it's like 
oh, look at this. This is going to tie into a lot of stuff that I'm going to say later on. But it's like they put like characters or phrases into the cultural zeitgeist that will never leave or they affirm and challenge different viewpoints, whether it's like a movie like Barbie, you might be going into it being like, dang, my girlfriend just dragged me into Barbie and like, holy crap, what am, what is my life's meaning? And you find yourself relating to Ken or, and then this is, get the out. One, yeah. And then this is something is like, um, uh, like some guy like Nicolas Cage, for example, is someone who's been so memefied in culture has had an esteemed career. But he almost takes on a life of his own outside of the movies and pop culture, whether it's an entire episode of the show Community about a class dedicated to Nicolas Cage or the the various memes or an, or an own movie about his like his like unbearable weight of massive talent, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they even made that Pedro uh, Pascal movie about him being. Uh, oh, that's what he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, God, that was keep up, race. Yeah, my bad, my bad. A little slow here. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? You... Yeah, you're saying uh, does culture reflect? Because yeah. Culture... yeah, okay. I mean, I think it's a prime example. If like, okay, the first thing I thought of was like, "Are you talking to me?" Are you talk like <laughs> yep. just Sorry, stuff I'm like that. That sounds so dumb, but like that is invaded our culture and our society and people can quote it all the time. Like before I had even watched um Dodgeball, I knew the whole like you can dodge a wrench, you can balmy dodge blazer. Ball? No no the balmy blazer yeah. comment. Or oh, even like you could dodge a wrench yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't watched it yet, but like I already knew that. Like I just it's it's yeah, funny man. how that goes. Like even like Jurassic World or Jurassic Park two even like made a joke in reference to Godzilla in the movie. And it's mm-hmm. like them, that cinema, that movie recognized the cultural impact of mm-hmm. a previous movie and included it. And it's something that's so embedded in all of us that we recognize that we recognize that reference. So it's, I think yep. it's always cool to see culture kind of reflect what goes on in cinema and like, how cinema can open our eyes, like you said, to many things that go on. Um, like I mentioned the get out thing. I finally watched it. I'm like, damn, bro. Like I feel, I don't feel called out, but like, this is a really good lens through which to view certain things and actions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's very, very good. It's the yeah, reason we all then, love movies. Yeah. Another cute one. I, well, I don't know if this, I'll use this as a caveat into the next one because I'm not sure if it technically fits, which is talking about, you know, the movies that made some huge impacts on culture. And the first one that comes to my mind that I learned was Top Gun, 1986, Tom Cruise. I learned that through just being a movie nerd, that movie's premise was to boost the U.S. Navy and U.S. military's recruiting because it was so bad after Vietnam, they couldn't get anybody to join. So they literally... Uh, partnered with Hollywood to make a they're like we're gonna take the most badass people we can find which is naval aviators and it's like anybody that knows anything about flying is low respectfully those people are fucking nerds you know how smart you have to be to fly a jet off an aircraft carrier let alone a landing strip these these are not just some hot shots well I mean I guess they are but they're not just some these guys are very good at geometry calculus and all this other shit you know basically understand rocket science but to back to the point you know 
they wanted Tom Cruise, a good-looking guy that has a lot mm-hmm. of that charisma, you know. But yeah, that whole thing was to make the Navy look cool. And it was like, they did so many specifications to make it not seem like a military movie. And that's why Maverick's so fucking wild. And it's like, because you know, in real life, he would not do a quarter of that shit. Yeah, but you know, absolutely. but yeah, I just thought that was so fascinating. And it's like, it's a movie that I think before Top Gun 2 came out, I would say, I personally would have said is a, a total iconic movie. But I've met mm-hmm. friends that had never seen the first one. But then, Number two, Maverick, whatever it's called, Top Gun Maverick, I think yeah. is what it's actually titled. Maverick. But it comes out, and now everybody's like, wait, there was a first one? And I'm like, how in the world? You know, obviously they do the beach scene, and all the girls are like, yeah. And and now, obviously, this movie's had some sort of impression on culture because they're doing a third one, you know? So I, I, I don't know. That's a one. big one that comes to my mind initially. Another one for me was Do the Right Thing. I learned in school, actually, at the University of Oregon. Have you ever seen, you ever seen it, Eddie? I'm about Spike to look it up. Lee Keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Basically, it's on my list. It made the, um, the Air Jordan. It, it assisted Michael Jordan in making the Air mm-hmm. Jordan 1s infamous. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a scene in the movie. It's not a huge spoiler. These um, gentrification's happening, and these white guys step or scratch an African-American dude's ones, and it turns into a huge event, you know, and this dude's <laughs> just sitting on a stoop, and it's like, you know, anybody that's been on staff, you realize, you know, shoe game culture is huge, and that movie is a huge part of it, and it was a huge reason that, um, a huge thing that aided the Michael Jordan, you know, shoe game. So, yeah, I think those are two movies that initially come to my mind, as I know, having huge cultural impacts. What about you, Eddie? I was just gonna. I forgot. I have in the notes uh, recent Oscar nominations <laughs> because of the oh. whole deal with like Barbie and stuff. Like, look, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about two later on about one of the other nominations because um, it's uh, important for the responsibility to get culture right. Um, but it's like, all right, movie made by a woman stars a woman gets nominated for Best Picture and is one of only a few films in like Academy history to ever be nominated for that and not have a lead actor or director nominated. And I'm like, dude, that's just like the that's like part of the big that's like one of the major plot lines of the entire movie. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Sorry, I just yeah, I wanted to include that one because that was literally like culture from cinema. But it's funny because it was like culture influenced cinema. Cinema gave us a lens by which to view it. Like we talked about it. And then all of a sudden, we're, we go right back to where, oh, culture just persisted. Uh, I will say yeah. this. Iron Claw was snubbed as well. I, I have to throw that Dude. out there. Good God. Yeah. I, you know what's so funny about it? I, I almost want to say that they didn't advertise it. And by they, I mean, like, whoever produced it, I think, did not do the best job advertising it. was not enough. Yeah, I, I would argue. Strike, no? But wait, what did you say? Wasn't it partially during the strike? I think it might have been, yeah. It probably was affected okay. by the, all the strikes going on. Because like, I'm like, if they did, that. bro, if they did, that would have been huge. Because Iron Claw is crazy. Like, I, I really good. yeah, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. Leave the... Oh, my ones on the biggest impacts. Yeah, some. I, I kind of came up with genres, not necessarily. I have two. Spe- I have. I actually do have two specific movies within one of the genres, but I'm just gonna go from one of them is. Those are in a super niche genre that I'm going to get to at the end. But basically, the first one is like 
blockbuster movies, Star Wars, Fast and Furious, Harry Potter, they go without they go without saying, pretty much. And then I was gonna say um high school movies are another one that really affect cinema because a lot of times people will watch them at like a coming of age, find people they relate to, sayings they relate to, whether it's it's Mean Girls or Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, Super Bad are um Dazed and Confused are like people re- relate to what they see between the ages of like 14 and like 20 and on basically. Yeah. So, and then like another one, you kind of touched on this, but like war movies are a huge one, whether it's for like Top Gun, where it's a propaganda piece or it not, not to be, not to be critical, but like no, it's no, objectively, right. it's, objectively it's a propaganda movie. Um, extended trade advertisement. Um, maybe. Uh, a propaganda movie like that, or it's a Saving Private Ryan, where it's telling a true story, Oppenheimer telling a true story, like to explain what's going on in wars, or a for a foreign movie that shows the horrors of like what happened in their invaded nation. Whether it's like a lot of Japanese movies, um, or a lot of uh, Russian and German movies, especially during World War One and Two, All Quiet on the Western Front is one of them. And then the last one that I I another one I really think about like weekly is movies about the lost cause myth and I if you guys don't know what that actually is it's the lost cause of the confederacy in the civil war so basically like gone with the wind and um birth of a nation birth of a nation was the first movie ever shown in the white house so thanks woodrow for, dude for all the all the technical achievements, all the performances, directing, they perpetuate ideas that shouldn't, are objectively false, not to be political on here, but are objectively false and they allow them to re-enter people's minds and give them certain viewpoints about things that they shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love what you brought up. You know, Fast and Furious, we've already done an episode on it, so there's no reason to go too into it. But let's just say somebody in this uh, podcast, well, let's just say we know somebody that after the movie was doing some things they shouldn't have in a vehicle because they felt like they were Paul Walker or Vin Diesel at the time. So, so yeah, um, you know, they definitely had influence on culture, and that's something that that was the first movie I ever went and saw with, like, four or five of the bums. Or second movie, sorry, besides Dead Deadpool first. But yeah, that was like a movie that was like, Oh, we all love this. Let's go see it, you know? And then yeah, I thought Saving Private Ryan was interesting because like I I kind of found it more of an anti war film. It's like, look how horrible yeah. this is. But I think in term as it's gotten as American society has become super pro war, if we're being completely honest, it's become a movie of like, look how we fuck up those Germans, man, and missing yeah. the point entirely about how these men lost their lives for something they didn't really believe that much in and really only did the cause because they thought it was the only decent thing they could do in the war and mm-hmm. it cost them everything, you know? So I, it's fascinating how sometimes I think movies can have an intended purpose, but then it's like, it's like the Punisher. The Punisher is a beloved thing by like police. You know, you see police with the Punisher sign. Yep. That dude's anti-cop. He literally... Yep goes and executes people he's literally pro against the law it's just so funny to me though how like things can get t- can be 
used to do one thing in culture and they end up doing the other. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the Godzilla movies, Eddie, I would argue these modern ones could do some, say, bring a different message than maybe the past ones. The past ones are about, you know, nuclear fallout and everything like that. The new ones are more about how humans really can't do anything against nature. It's really just prolonging what nature's really going to do. And I find that kind of interesting that it's different and why maybe the message changed. I'm not exactly sure, but I find that fascinating. Uh, you mentioned uh, Gone with the Wind. What was the other one you said? Uh, Birth of a Nation. Thank you. Yeah, okay. That one I actually I completely forgotten about. Because I was looking I... up like films that have influenced culture like Super Size Me. I've had uh, a yeah. big effect. I mean, I guess maybe not as big of an effect as I would have liked because I, I've i never kept it quiet. I don't like McDonald's. I don't like fast food chains in general. I think what they've had to do and done is terrible. There's a whole other topic to be broken into that I won't get into right now, but I thought that was a great movie that needed to be shown. Um, the fast food restaurant tier list episode coming next. Yes. Um Actually, Blackfish, which I heard about a long time ago, oh, about uh, some of the orcas living in captivity in SeaWorld. Um, Bambi, I didn't know this, caused a massive cut in hunters and hunter licensing in the United States after its release. Um, granted, it did coincide as well with World War II, so there could be some argument there. But <laughs> um, all the president's men cause a vast increase in uh, people applying to journalism schools across the United States. Uh, Day After Tomorrow actually had an influence on people's perception of global warming. Uh, Thin Blue Line kind of pulled back the veneer over the way that we handle justice and stuff like that. So, like, there's a lot of movies that have been pretty pretty incredibly effective. Uh, Get Out, I mentioned earlier, is another good one. Um, I mean, the original Godzilla, Psycho. I This one, I have... I don't have personal beef with it, but I love horror genre, Alien. Um, and then what was the other one? Night of the Living Dead? Like the OG OG? Yeah, the yeah. first zombie movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, there's there's something to be long- said about a lot of those movies that have quite literally like pervaded our society and, and continue to today. This is a small one, but you just made me think of it, Eddie. Who here has seen Final Destination 2? I haven't seen, seen any of them. What the? Okay. There's a scene, I'm going to ruin it because it's like, it was made in like... Go ahead, go ahead. There's a scene... I've seen a lot of the craps. Okay, yeah, okay. So there's a scene, you can Google it right now, where the person is driving behind a lumber truck and one of the logs slides off and kills him. Oh, yeah. I literally heard people talk about they can't drive behind things that have like the cylinders or anything like that anymore because of that movie and how it's like... Um how it's affected people. I I just think it's like a funny small thing to a certain extent. To be fair, but... I've never watched it and I already know about that. From that. Yeah, like, exactly. Specifically from that. And every now and then I get on Twitter and it's like a video of someone behind a log truck and like they swerve out of the way and it's like, <laughs> yeah, everyone, like it's like if you know, you know and it's like, yep, I'm yeah. not dying today. Yeah, the Final Destinations low-key gave me people uh, trauma. And I was going to say, as for Blackfish, I stopped. I went last time I went to SeaWorld was in seventh grade, and after I saw Blackfish in eighth grade, I've never been back. And I've done everything I can do to kind of advocate against even zoos now. I, 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 I went through this process like after watching Blackfish and thinking about animals that have to live in Oklahoma in our climate. I just 
I just don't know how it's ethical. I'm not pro against. It's not like I'm against keeping them safe because they do have a better survivability in captivity. Sorry, captivity. But I don't know if a zoo's the necessary. I gotta step away real quick. Give me no, one sec. Sorry. I don't know if the zoo Eddie is like. I don't know. I don't want to get into this topic because we've talked about it. But yeah, yeah it made me it. definitely think about um, all that type of stuff, dude. Yeah. I mean, I had to. Um, something I forgot. The Fast and Furious. You know, the first one when you learn about like where Paul Walker and the directors that came up with the idea is obviously based off of Point Break was the premise, but the location and, and the culture that was established in that came like directly from the LA uh, car car scene. Yeah, yeah, like, and I think it made it so much bigger. I don't think we'd have shows I, like uh, Outlaws or whatever. What is it? Street Outlaws or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. And all these other shows that we have about street racing and car culture. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, without a oh. movie like that, that kind of like reflected that culture and then had such a big impact on everyone. You know, as I think about the correlation between these movies that do so well and conveying culture it's it, it's commonality i think it's something to do with connecting people and and they don't know i was watching a youtube video a couple years maybe it was like a year ago and they were they were reviewing fast and the furious and the two guys there was two or three guys and they were talking about how they didn't know each other when they went and saw the movies but they all had similar experiences basically they went and saw the first fast and the furious they were all like la based guys too they went and saw the fast and the furious movies and they all went and did donuts in the parking lot and were trying to show off. And, <laughs> and, you know, as they got a little older, they went and bought, like, Nissans and, and you know, all these cars trying to kind of reenact fast. And they were driving fast. And they were, like, as they were talking about it, they were discovering, it's like, oh, you guys went and did that, too? It's like, oh, you got – it was like, holy cow. Like, nobody realized how much they all loved cars so much until they went and saw that movie and then was able to connect. I mean, I think about me and you, Eddie. Like, I remember – early on freshman year having a you know feeling like we connected on a deeper level in terms of friendship in that we talked about star wars because i think seven was seven coming out then i don't maybe not uh, maybe force not. awakens came out when we were freshmen yeah okay so we were talking about that problem <laughs> i remember being like holy cow you we we talked about it and we were so similar on our thoughts for episode one two three four five and six and i was like holy cow like how far how deep does this go so i think to a certain extent, it's that ability to connect people that makes it such a cultural rave. I mean, even Lord of the Rings, it's like, you know, movies like that get the connotation of nerd, you know, stemming from probably D&D in the 80s being known for devil's craft and nerdship, you know. But Lord of the Rings, like mainstream, mainstream, everybody, everybody likes Aragon. There's not, you're never going to meet any, I shouldn't say this, but you're never going to meet anybody who's like, oh, Aragon's not a good leader. He's not a good soldier. He He's not brave. Like, give me a break, dude. You're never going to meet hey, Mar somebody. Margot like Robbie's that. a fan of uh, Viggo yeah, Mortensen's Mar Aragon. Mar yeah. <laughs> even, even somebody like Margot Robbie, and you know what I'm talking about, is like, oh yeah, Lord of the Rings was slapping, bro. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is a cultural movement right here. Yeah. What, that's why I added. Like I was gonna oh. say just real quick. That's why I added that. Do movies establish culture for a lot of people? It's the ways we communicate mm -hmm. to one another and, and relate to one another. Yeah. Well, I was curious in your experience. You know, anytime have you ever had you ever seen a movie or some a TV show even, and you realize you connect with you connected with a buddy or something like that or other people. You know what I mean? Does, does the question make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I 
I would say one recently, I was going to talk about this later on, but uh, Lady Bird was one that I've seen recently where I like, especially my girlfriend loves that movie. And I just, I watched it for the first time a couple of months ago. And I just, after the credits started rolling, I was just sitting there like trying to process what came through. Cause it felt like I'd only been like told of it. And then I finally experienced it and it was like, holy crap, this is insane. Just of like how good everything was, everything was portrayed and everything was, um, just the stories and what what they had the characters go through just felt felt real. Yeah, I mean, I something in there about that connected to it. I mean, I think even with Top Gun, probably in the past, everyone was like, "See how cool Maverick was? You see that? You know, motorcycles, stuff like that." I think it's just something mm-hmm. that a lot of people can connect with. But as we talk about, do movies establish culture for a lot of people? I mean, we've already been kind of talking about it, but I think about yeah. movies that. Like a movie that comes to my mind is American History X. That have you, have you guys seen it? Yes, of course, of course. Okay, Eddie, you look yeah. Google it. Eddie, Eddie looks so, confused. So that's a that's a movie where I saw it and I was we watched like, that one in high school. Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch it in high school. Well, I did in high school, but not like through school or anything. But yeah, I we, it, we did it in one of my classes. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome that they let you see it. It's a graphic film. Um, yeah, Eddie, if you haven't seen it, man, watch it. But it, you're gonna have to take a deep breath or two after it's it's deep yeah. um but it's one of those films that you know you um i think it's one of those films that if you're talking to somebody and it comes up in a conversation and you guys are on the side of nazis are bad there's that connectivity i think you yeah. know it's like that's a culture wait I that's the side you were on huh so wait that's the side you were on yeah nazis are bad yeah that was the side. but <laughs> sorry 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 but, like i mean i've met people in my life that i don't know if they agree with nazis but you know the whole white power thing is not the worst idea to them you know so it's out we're out here in oklahoma man but it's like i think it's one of those movies that when you connect with somebody and you start talking about it's it's establishes at least a culture of Mm -hmm. like racism like that is really horrible you know and it's so sad how two people can generate so much hate and what that hate can do to someone's life, even outside of like yeah. what pain it can cause you, but what pain it can cause the people you love the most and how destructive it can be. And it, I think it's, it's such a deeper movie. I mean, not saying Lord of the Rings and that there's not messages, but American history X, I mean, that's as to the bone as you can get in terms of talking about hate and the cycle of hate. And it's like, Oh, you think that's wrong? Like, it's nice to know that we're on the same. I, I don't know. Like, as I think about it, it's a way to, answer and communicate without having to per se say it exactly it's especially for like serious issues you know like the movie rent was like super huge in um talking about like the aids epidemic amongst um you know gay people and it was like people thought that movie was crazy i remember being a kid and it was like i saw it probably shouldn't have i don't know but people (laughs) were like oh this is like crazy and then like when i got a little older you know uh, talked about it. It was like, how revolutionary was that? That was not a time, even in the early 2000s, where it was per se okay to talk about that in open places. So, I just think uh, certain movies that maybe even are a little more talking about more graphic stuff in society. Yeah, I think they do. I think they can do a lot for um, establishing pa- culture 
and giving away people to communicate things that maybe aren't as easy to talk about. You know, something about those shared experiences, you know, like we joke about with, you know, fall camp. It's like if fall camp was a yeah. movie and everybody saw it, they would get what we're saying when we say, yeah. like, oh, 5 a.m. wake up. And, oh, we got a meeting with just Mario Cristobal, just sports staff and everyone's crying. You know, people would get what we're what we're really trying to say there. But, yeah. you know, so I think cinema is a good way of communicating that. Oh, no, I'm only one of the offensive meeting room and then Mario Cristobal walks in. Yeah, and the amount of fear you feel, it's like only only a, incorrect. Lucky few, only a lucky few have been one on one with Mario Cristobal. I don't know, Eddie, have you ever been in a situation where it's just you and good old Mario? No. Thank um, you. Oh, yeah, that, actually, yeah, because I had to hand him the penalty reports a lot. Okay. And yeah. Oftentimes yeah. it'd be after practice and he'd be walking by himself. No Kenny, no no one. And I'm like uh, here you go, coach. And then like, I don't know one time he uh, took my pen, bro, and I'm like, I had to come back and I'm like, hey, coach, like, I need my pen. He's like, oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to walk into a minefield, but I imagine <laughs> it's something, <laughs> if you put another extra couple zeros in the scared shit meter, it's not too far off <laughs> from having to be in the room by yourself with that guy. So, yep. <laughs> you know, there's that. But, Eddie, I was going to ask you, is there any movie, any, like, movies that have, um, talked about like a serious issue that you've seen and you've talked to other people like it helped you connect to them oh um per se or, or at least you were able to use it as a catalyst to explain a point maybe dude there's yeah i mean the amount of times that i reference movies to you guys i mean especially to my brother because him and i communicate a lot through movies to really everyone is just insane because like sometimes that's all you got to say like I think one way Bryce and I that we were able to connect our that our super senior year, I guess you'd call it. When we watched We Were Soldiers, I was like mm. at the end of the movie I always talk about it. At the end of the movie when like Mel Gibson looks at the journalist and they kinda just look at each other. And you're just like, Yeah, bro, sometimes when, when life's hard or, or whenever shit goes down and you go through with other people, like or any of those concepts, like that's that look you guys share. It's like you both understand, you don't need to say anything mm. else. That's it. And I think even coming back to like if if you get from that movie <laughs> blowing shit up is cool and the Americans are so efficient, I bro, I don't know what to you tell you, man. Point. You, you missed, missed the whole point. point of the movie. And like we you were there, Will, you don't probably know it. One day we were between the offensive and defensive field, Will. This is like a Sunday mid season. I was dragging, bro. It was like five o'clock. I was exhausted. I was on like I had nothing left in the tank. And I went up to yeah. Eddie and I just leaned on his shoulder. I was so tired. And I was holding the uh, the yard marker. And I was like, dude, I, I don't know if I'm about to make it, bro. This may be it. And I just kind of looked at him. And he reached out of his pocket and he gave me the the little uh, little fruit snacks that Taylor, would, that we had around. Yes. And I ate those and I was like, I'm going to make it. I don't know how, but I'm going to make it. It's just, but it's like, but jokingly, sometimes you watch war films and it's, it's, just to correlate, we're not saying we've been through a combat zone or anything like that, guys. But it's like those scenes where you see the guy just get a cup of water. It's crazy how yeah. like those small things. I, that was just something. It's like there was some understanding there, you know. Another what big about one. You, for, I was gonna oh, say another go big ahead. one for me is kicking and screaming. Quote that movie so much, <laughs> all the time, bro. <laughs> Pass it to the Italian. Pass it to the, bro. That was basically our team, Bryce. Why do you think we had such a diverse crew on our team, man? Come on. 
Yeah, that's that's why I had to get a kid from every state at the university. No Oregonians allowed. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like yeah, coffee the way that uh, Will Ferrell loved coffee in that movie, but you know. Yeah, right. That's why we had to get one Will on the team because yeah, yeah Will Ferrell. Coffee's the lifeblood that fuels the dreams of champions. <laughs> what about you, Will? Have you? Is there been any films or anything like that? That talk about serious issues? Yeah, that you, maybe you've used as an example to show somebody. I mean, have you ever used one to explain a point or an emotion, per se? I mean, I've kind of, I mean, I've kind of touched on them before a little bit, but, like, Get Out is one that, like, Eddie's mentioned a bunch of times. Like, Get Out is one that, like, and Jordan Peele's described it like this, where it's everybody's afraid to meet their significant other's parents for the first time, but then, like, you add what happens in the movie to it, and it's, like, a whole different thing that, like, I, I'll never understand, but, like, it, it's something. Yeah. Not, not, to, not to be, like, I'm not good with words sometimes, but, like, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. easier just to say that. And I, one that just popped up in my head is I've had conversations with my dad about something completely different. And I bring up, I love bringing up Black Panther, especially oh. at the end when mm-hmm. like uh, T'Challa's like, no, we're going to go open facilities for the world, yeah. be involved um, and help each other build bridges kind of thing. And like, for me, that was like a big, like, this is kind of my vision for what true leadership is. This is what like, the United States could be because, like, I know people can. I'm, I'll, people can interpret the movie in many different ways, obviously. But my my thing with that is like, not saying in any way that we are like Wakanda, but like the United States has the ability to like do those things. You know, we have the the not just the luxury, mm-hmm. but the capacity to afford to do those things, and it's like to do that is probably what we should be doing but that's that's all i'll say on on that part but yeah no yeah well i think even looking at the movie you know a little bit even before that part you know you have um killmonger dying you know and i think there's this understanding between him and t'challa at the end of the movie and it's like he's not he did some bad things yes but in his heart i don't think he was a bad guy yes he went about things the wrong way but it's like there's an understanding at the end of the film his actual goal was really not that far off from what T'Challa went and did. And the the problem was how he went about it. And there's yeah. some sort of respect too, because he really went about it based on what he knew. Let's look at him somewhat. You're talking about a kid that grew up essentially in the system because his father was killed by T'Challa's father with no means of getting him home. So he was what dropped in mm-hmm. a part of not great Oakland back in the nineties. You know, it's just not easy for any kid to make it out of. His only way he sees to get out is to do well academically. He goes to um, a service academy so he can get free college and then have job opportunity. He joins special forces in which he's hyper, um, uh, hyper violent and doing all the stuff for the United States just so he can get a chance to per se go home. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like Killmonger somewhat the victim. If you really look Mm -hmm. at, I, I mean, I don't want to justify him what he does because he does do bad things and that's not okay. But it's like the situation he was put in. I mean, who who's really at fault? Who's the true villain of Black Panther? I mean, I think that's why you see T'Challa have such a problem with his father because I think he realizes that. Obviously, you know. So 
I think it's great cinema. And, but yeah, you know, I use that movie. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other movies to communicate. I mean, even like uh, Ender's Game. I know it wasn't the best adaptation <laughs> of the book. I get it. But, bro, I need people to read that fucking book because holy shit, man. And at least he got across a, a couple of the concepts um, that I would like. But one of my favorite quotes, and I, I literally have it on my computer at home, is like, the way you win matters. Um, and it's because like one of the big themes of that is, what does Ender do when they ask him, hey, why did you beat up that bully? It's like, well, so he'll never beat me up ever again. And it's like, mm, yes. But also, no, let's not do that. You know what I mean? Like, just the way yeah. you go about things really does matter when you're trying to accomplish stuff. And I think that there are lines that you can cross. But there's a lot. Obviously, there's way more to the story, especially if you guys read the book. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I think a perfect time when talking about lines that you cross, you look at All Quiet on the Western Front. And, again, you start this movie off these young guys that are getting these jackets and, you know, that first scene, it's like he hands that jacket and he's like, oh, this is somebody else's. And they're like, oh, they must have switched it up. It's really just a dead body. They ripped the tag off. And it's like, talk about feeding pigs to the slaughter. Yep. Talk about a movie that really shows what war really does to young men and how it's this older gentleman in his 40s or 50s that's never going to see the front lines and never do that hardcore war fighting and he's sending these kids and by the end of the film they're all fucked up and dead they and they die horribly none of them die a peaceful death i mean one dude's getting burned to death the other guy he commits suicide it's just it's so so real and you know and you know it's interesting enough not to get too far off tangent of the of our conversation but i took a a cinema class my freshman year and we had to do a section on um censorship and cinema and that's probably why i don't respect movies made in the 60s and 70s near as much because when they're dealing with graphic content oh what did you say sorry what'd you say well i just said you haven't been watching the right ones then well fair enough i'm not saying i I just think some of them don't do it justice in showing the graphic content that happens in certain situations Mm -hmm. and i'm a believer that that stuff's important because if not you're lying to people I'm not saying you need to make it over graphic, but I think you need to be real to the situation. You know, it's like watching old war films. It's like they get shot and they fall over. You know, they don't show that it's a 18, 19 year old kid that's bleeding death and screaming, you know, bloody murder. You know, it's stuff like that. Or what happens when men assault women in a certain way? You know, it's just, you know, it happens behind closed doors and it's not this graphic traumatic thing that it really is. You know, so I think it doesn't do it justice. Is my issue at least. Yep. But no, I get, I get you. And I used to, th- I used to think the same way about movies. But I think if you, if you venture outside of um, American movies, especially from that time period, you'll find a lot, uh, a lot uh, more of what you're looking for. Okay. I think Appreciate one of the that. last things I'll even add to this this point about uh, movies establishing a culture for people is bro. Star Wars, I think is quite possibly yep. one of the greatest examples in the United States anyways, as far as sci-fi is concerned in the world. Okay. In the world, I guess too. Yeah. Talk about a recognizable franchise that was based off of a lot of films, even from the fifties and forties, especially Japanese films, um, mm-hmm. as well as other storytelling. And it's like, you have something that is quite literally so influenced people that, 
everybody quotes do or do not, there's no try. Or like talking about Darth Vader, I am your father. Like it is so ingrained in our society. And I know some of the worst parts is we kind of overlook some of the deeper themes because we get taken in by how want cool to see it space all is. opera. Yeah, exactly. But we forget so, what it is. Space wizard Jedi's. Yeah, space exactly. wizard kidnapped yeah. children. <laughs> kidnap children. They never uh, see their parents okay. again. God, if that's on one now. thing I regret with this podcast is that it's low key ruined the Jedi for me because I've come to find discover that. They're really not good guys. I I don't believe they're good guys anymore. They kidnap children. That's the point. I know. I Watch know. Will, the but prequels. Man, damn it! Don't you think I want to go back to when I was like eight, watching Attack Watch of the Clones? Like, oh, bro. <laughs> they're the good guys. And it's like, bro, this is a essentially a civil war that is fought between clones that are unjustly fighting and robots that have no say. I the mean, they don't have a say either. I know that's. I said that. So I, I said okay, that. Okay, okay. Right yeah, you know, and it's it's one white Caucasian old guy with all the power playing both sides. To, okay, to so what? this is where the bumps go woke now. God, dude, to what? To kill off maybe a thousand Jedi? I mean, I thought it was like actually. They said there was like ten thousand Jedi, I believe, or something. Sorry, so ten thousand Jedi. So like he killed I mean, like nine thousand nine hundred Jedi. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Anyways, he killed nine thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And in order to do that, he caused the civil war, which killed, as far as I can tell, billions of people or creatures, whatever you want to probably trillions considering Beings. the size of that. I, I I mean it's just it's so fucked. It's so fucked that they really just you know, you look at the Death Star and it's like, yes, kill the Imperials. Fuck, there's a million people on that thing. Like, Jesus Christ, that's a that's a lot of even for bad guys, that's a lot of people oh, man. killing. The, the, a lot of the stormtroopers were enslaved, were, right? Were enslaved, or like, yeah. dude, does a does a guy who's just an engineer and can't work like you're you're an engineer? What what are you gonna do? Not work for these guys, or they kill your family? The like, one place you yeah. can have, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's just, what, what, are you not gonna be a a, jan- a technician? Yeah, and it's like in hindsight, it's like, do I think everybody on the Death Star was this just diehard servant that was evil to the core that served the Emperor? No. Do I think they were most likely, as Will just said, a Joe Schmo probably looking for a job in a crazy world, and this seemed like the safest place? Probably. And it's like, Luke, I don't know how I feel about you right now. Like, did you really need to do that? I mean, yes, they the were point. going to blow up a planet. Yes, they were going to blow up a planet, which is also horrible. And it's like, it makes me think of um, Attack on Titan, which I don't know if you, you guys have watched, but it's like, yeah. Essentially, the care I don't know, I hate spoiling it, but it, it you know what, never mind. I'm just going <laughs> to cut out that point, Eddie. I don't want to spoil move, it. Moving forward. Watch it. And yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about doing do two wrongs make a right, you know type yeah. situation so but yeah as we move forward because we we've been on this one does cinema have a responsibility to getting the culture right and this is something you know as i thought about it and, and me and eddie have talked so much about representation matters i mean let's look back to the early history of cinema you have white care well you have men playing women because women weren't allowed to be you know back in the mm-hmm. roman greek days then you have the prevalence of blackface because they wouldn't allow African Americans, you know, and then you had the discrimination of um, 
deaf and handicapped people because when film be, started to be able to have noise, they didn't want those people involved. And now we're facing even more modern issues of are we truly displaying them the right way? You know, I, you know, so Eddie, is there, I know this is something near and dear to your heart. Is there a specific movie you wanted to start with? Um, I mean, not really. I think one of the, the ones that I was going to talk about because I just watched it recently was Gran Turismo, um, which actually was like really enjoyable, good movie. Um, kind okay. of what I expected. It was pretty obvious, but like, I'm like, all right, I want to know the actual story. I think it was really cool that they had the actual person play as the stunt driver for the main character. Cause like, obviously it's a movie about him. He's in it. Oh, that's sick. Um, yeah. That. So he's the stunt driver. So anytime you see the guy in a car driving, it's, it's actually him. But, um, you know, they talk about the dangers. People criticized uh, one of the moments in the movie because while it did happen, you know, the chronological events of his life, it didn't happen in that order, right? But they did it because they needed a climax and they needed it to be resolved and all that stuff, right? A lead up, if you will. Um, and also it kind of admitted the fact that like they had already created this academy long before he joined it, um, at least six, seven years before he had joined it. So like, do they have a right? Do they have to get it right? You know, the the guy that's talked about it, he obviously joined on. He he says he was okay with it. Um, but there are some other people that are involved in the story that don't feel as good about it. Um, another example when I was looking this up was about Green Book, um, mm. which my brother, I remember my brother watching it. And one of the things about it that it, it did get criticized, um, and I didn't realize this, but especially by the family of the main character, uh, not the Italian played by Viggo Mortensen, yeah, but yeah. – uh, um, but Donald Shirley's family, yeah, because they felt like it wasn't quite the – it didn't present things the way that they wanted it to. Um, and there's no close – yeah, they talk about how there's like no real close friendship between the pair. Uh, they The filmmakers didn't consult them. Um, it was a focus on a white protagonist perspective at the expense of its black characters. You know, So like they felt like they erased – Shirley's viewpoint and perspective by highlighting Viggo Mortensen's character. And look, I'm not here to say it's right or wrong, right? Like, but that's kind of something that's happening. And it's not the first time, right? Like there's so many movies out there that are so like <clears throat> done in such a way. Like for example, um, I guess I forget what movie it was, but um, the fictionalized encounter between Elizabeth the first and her cousin, Mary Queen of Squat Scots, um, they actually never met and it's like, but they had that in the movie. Right. You know? So it's like all this stuff that kind of goes on that you put in there, you know, what cost do you put in there? Right. You really got to look at, Hey, is what I'm doing actually going to reflect the real story, the soul of the story? Is it going to do it justice kind of thing, especially when you tackle such difficult topics like that, which is where I feel like movies like get out, <clears throat> do a good job because it's like, all right, it's not actually a real t story, but he was able to create a believable world. And I, here's where I got a shout out horror and my classic horror class, which I've pro I mentioned before, you know, yeah. able to create and craft this world that seems normal. Um, and the term is aberrant world seems normal on its head, on its face. But as you get deeper and deeper into it, there's so much going on beneath the surface that it's, you know, something like that. So like, I think looking at that, it, it, you do have a difficult task when you try to create something that is based on truth. Um, and I think that's, Will, did you get a chance to watch Killers of the Flower Moon? 
Yeah, yeah, that was going to be one that I was going to – Yeah, I, I think you get something like that where you need to represent it. You have to uh, because otherwise you're kind of like selling the actual story of it short, especially for something like that. So I'll end it on that. Go ahead, Will. Please jump Yeah, in. so I w- I'll just take it from where you left off, Eddie. And like Killers of the Flower Moon is one recently. I have another one on here that I'll get to next, but I'll do this one first. But Killers of the Flower Moon is one where it's like you – they they still probably didn't do the best the best job that they could have because Martin Scorsese can only know so much about what that or similar experiences that Native Americans have gone through in the U.S. But like they they from what I understand, it's not obviously not perfect, but they tried their hardest to get right, and I think that's what matters is is trying your hardest. And like you were saying with Green Book, which is another can of worms that we don't have to talk about right now, where they, and maybe other movies, like I think they want to make a compelling story that appeals to the most amount of people. Like The Help is, an, especially movies like Green Book, The Help. I'm not, and like another one is like, yeah, Green Book and The Help. I'll just leave it at those two. Are ones that are somewhat similar where they want, I think they want to appeal to the most people that will see the movie, and it kind of comes at the cost. But then another movie that I saw actually was the first movie I saw this year was May December, about um, basically about people making a movie about real people's lives and like the toll that it takes on the real people involved, especially when they're still when the subjects are still alive, and it's just it's how can it be ethical to do something like that and not do it right? Where, I mean, in a literal sense, movies don't have a responsibility to get it right. They, have, In a literal sense, me being cynical, they don't. But guys that do a good job, the ones that came to my mind were guys like John Singleton, Barry Jenkins, and Ryan Coogler were the three that I really wrote down, at least recently, that came to my mind of American guys because they just they capture a certain a certain way a certain way maybe not be the right word but like certain parts of certain uh populations they're uh, i don't know why i'm saying beating around but you can like say they're, they're all black guys. they're all yeah, black yeah, directors who yeah. capture different aspects of the black experience in in the US i don't know why i was i don't know why that was so hard for me to say yeah no dude i mean I can relate to there's only been two movies the entire time that I've watched in not in the one was in theaters the other one I uh, was seeing and I I couldn't finish them they were it was too much and I mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign uh, when a movie's getting real and it's talking about real shit you know uh but for, the hardest movie for me to ever watch was The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith yeah. uh tearjerker I mean it's just absolutely gut wrenching and luckily mm-hmm. it ends fair you know with a happy ending but you know I remember. 10 15, no it's like i was like 15 i saw fruitville station uh first i knew michael b jordan from um friday the night wire. lights Uh-oh. oh no i i didn't see my i was not getting a lot get to watch the wire even then uh i knew him from friday night lights i did see the wire great in but uh but yeah I, I tried to watch it and i i mean once they did what they did in the film i couldn't i couldn't finish it it was too much for me and then uh 12 years of slave man that 
I haven't seen that one yet, sadly. I That's a movie it. that I've I had to finish that one parts. It was just certain things that are displayed in cinema. I I really have a hard time watching slavery in cinema. I mean, I no I don't want to be this guy, but whenever I watch the Django and Chain, there's definitely um some scenes that I I have to fast forward through. I just it's I don't want to sound like that it's too heavy for me, but it it really is. It's it's I mean, and Eddie knows like I watch a lot of graphic war films and <laughs> sometimes where I'm like, bro. Just, just skip this scene, man. There's some times where we're watching some of those war movies. I'm like, Bryce, we gotta. And, and I'm like, yeah, more of it, baby. More of it. <laughs> no, keep it going. Those movies where it's, it's, I don't know. It maybe it touches a little too close to home. Maybe something in it makes me feel a type of way. I, it really makes it. I, I mean, I just, yeah, it's a hard for it's hard for me to watch. It really is. I mean, um, roots. Oh man, it took me like a month to watch Roots because uh, it was, was just, it was tough when they um. Have you guys seen it? Have you guys seen Roots? No, yeah. sadly. Um, um, yeah. There's a scene when they start taking some body parts off. Will and it's just it, it was really tough for me to watch that. Yeah, no, I know, I I know what they do. I just haven't seen that part. Yeah, yeah. Great film, but not for everybody. And I definitely recommend that you be mature and an older audience before you see something mm-hmm. like that. I'm I'm just curious, not to like traumatize anybody. Has there been a films for you guys that you tried watching and it was it was just too much that you were like, I need to take a break, or maybe finish this film at another time. Joker. Really? Really? Yeah, I I yeah. actually did not feel okay leaving that movie or while too, watching it. Too much Sigma male grind set on there, dude. I just. <laughs> I just like sitting there going, bro. I just I feel so uncomfortable watching this movie. Yeah. And I'm just sitting Maybe there like, will you de- dig deeper into that for me, Eddie? I'm, if you want yeah, to, I think I'm it sure. was like it was it was a so far from what I expected. A mm-hmm. B. I think sometimes what goes on with me is I need to like have a mindset of what I'm going to watch. So like. There have been some movies I've watched where it's like very, even though it tells this, like there's a movie with Jennifer Lawrence and I forget what the actual movie is called, but it's like you go to watch it and it's not quite what you expect, but I knew going into it, it's going to be something like that, right? So I'm like, all right, not a problem. Everything that happens, it's whatever. It's part of this movie. It tells a great story, by the way. But like going to Joker, not at all what I expected. I expected this to be like, for whatever reason, the like action. creation of the character, the how he became insane, all these things, right? And going in there, I'm like, dude, you were just pl- pointing holes in absolute just... Uh, mm-hmm. I think something that I even think about too is like when he, when you find out that he was in his head making up the whole thing where he and the girl yeah. were like actually together, that churn around for me, I think was a realization for the the depth of how bad mental illness can be. And I think that might have gotten me a little bit, potentially. Um, but it wasn't even that. It was just like all the other stuff you did. I was like, damn, bro, this is – Well, yeah. I, I don't understand where you're coming from from the aspect of like as someone that's um, needed the system early on in their life for assistance. The scenes where he's begging for help and can't get it, I, I, I truly felt – I almost saw Batman as the bad guy. I really was like yeah. the city kind of deserves Joker because they – I mean, how can you just leave somebody like this? You know, and 
the whole idea with you know uh, Bruce Wayne Senior being his potential father. I mean, just this guy has just been fucked. I mean, and nobody is helping him. He's got this poor fucking disease, and people shun him for it. It's not his fault that he can't control his laughing. I mean, the movie does a great job of making him seem like the victim. And I, I don't even know if I like to say the word seem because I think it does, it, it makes it his um his situation disingenuous. I mean, he really is going through an immense amount of trauma. And it's like, oh, but because he's the Joker and the bad guy, you know, and he acts out in violence. I mean, you know, it's like the saying, if you put a dog in a corner and you or you beat a dog and you put it in the corner, don't be surprised when you put your hand out there and it bites you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's it definitely talks about the social conditioning, you know, and it's like, is the Joker really the Joker if he's not just destroyed by society and the me- and all the measures that obviously didn't work to save him? I mean, but yeah, I, I, I can t- I can relate in the sense that when he's not getting the help, it's it's really tough to watch. It's I would say this is this is one of my favorite underrated quotes um, that I think encapsulates uh, this movie, Black Panther. So many movies, and it's the the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Yes, yep. And I, yep. that that was like the the core of that movie, and I think I just did not expect that. So it just completely caught me off guard and made me feel a lot of things that I didn't expect to feel. But that's yeah. like the point of cinema. Like that's the point of movies and storytelling is it it's going to make you feel something, and it's not always going to be great. You know, sometimes it's going to be really not good. You're going to feel shitty afterwards, but usually I feel good. So that's why I was like shocked. But I'll let yeah. Will, if there's anything that you watched too that got to you. Um, nothing that there's not, I haven't not finished a movie in like years just out of like, if I start something, no matter, no matter if like 10 minutes in, I know I'm like, this is not going to be for me. I'm not going to enjoy this. I'm like, I'm still going to see it through to the end just to, to say I at least watched the whole thing. But back to the, back to the point is like, there was one that I watched. I watched it on a plane. So people next to me were probably, what the hell is this guy? What the fuck is this guy watching? But it's called the Nightingale. Um, and I, I'd, I'd seen a YouTube video about stuff that happens. It's basically about, um, it's basically about uh colonial Tasmania. I want it's either Tasmania, Australia or New Zealand. I I'm pretty sure it's Tasmania. And they do and it's like when they're penal colonies and like everybody who lives there outside of the the British um officers are like prisoners and like they did something wrong to be sent there. And like they do they do some really bad shit to the main the main woman in it and it is it I almost like I can watch a saw movie where they're cutting off limbs or I can like, I can watch like no offense, Bryce, but like I can watch like a movie like Twelve Years a Slave. I haven't seen, but like I can watch something that's rough like that, or like somebody jump off a building to their death in a movie. But like for some reason, what they were doing to this person was like I couldn't really like look away. But I was like, I want to turn this off, but I stuck it out. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what they actually what? did because it was you know kind of one of those things where maybe you're tipping your hat a little bit, just like. Like, I'm, I'm covering my face. I'm like, I yeah. don't want to see this. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm uh, looking I mean, away and like looking through the side. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a lot of respect for movies like that because I think it's doing its job to the max effect in trying mm-hmm. to give you a message. But you know, there's just certain things that it's like, again, like I mean, Eddie have talked about. There's, I can watch 
Saving Private Ryan, and it does. I won't lose a link of sleep, but and it's probably one of the most graphic war films. Yep. Uh, I will say Platoon. I do get pretty angry, as Eddie will hopefully note. When they go into that Viet Cong village and start doing some fuckery, I do get pissed. But yes. that's um, that's a different. I can't I, think of any. I've felt that so many times, bro. I remember when I was a kid, I we watched a movie about Jesus Christ. I don't even know what movie it was, bro. And it was like basically when they they go to bring him to trial, basically and beat his ass, or like when he's carrying the cross. And I remember oh, as a yeah. kid, I was like, oh man, if I was there, I'd get involved and I'd make sure that he's okay. <laughs> and like that definitely gets evoked. Like same with Platoon. I'm like, bro, if I was there, man, we'd have some fucking like I we'll I hands, am not but... a confrontational person, but I would throw hands. That's like again, that's the point of cinema. That's what it's that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I th- audience, for you guys that don't know, none of us are violent people. I mean, I like war films, but I would not say I'm a violent person at all. I know Will and Eddie aren't, so it's like <laughs> it takes quite a bit to make Will and Eddie Matt. I would say I get probably mad easier, but I don't really do anything about it. But yeah, to ever see them get angry to the point of conflict, it has to be so bad. It would be it would have to be you're crossing the line level ten bad. Yeah. Like so but thank you, Will, for being on here. A- any final thoughts you want to add? I mean, I know we've uh I know I, I guess I'll ask you this last question before we before we go. Yep. So what movie do you think personally that you've seen has had the biggest implication in your life? I mean, I've got, I've got a few, uh, not a few, but like, I'll be quick with them, but like pretty much anything that I saw in 2021. Cause that was what led me to going down this rabbit hole of making different lists of movies and really getting into them. So anything I saw in like 2020 or 2021 is on there. Cause that really led to my love of movies that I have now. But then of movies that I saw pre pre that, I would say Goodwill Hunting was definitely one of them just for like like coming of age not necessarily coming of age, but like knowing who you are in the world. Um uh Parasite was one that really opened me up to foreign movies. And then uh Seven was one that opened me up to like um not necessarily horror, but like um crime and darker types of movies suspense and thrillers which are almost all of what i watch now social network and like procedural stuff like that and then inside lewin davis was probably my those are probably like basically just like five of my top recent movies that i've seen in the last that have come out in the last like 30 years and that i've seen recently what about you eddie is there a certain film that you think has had biggest impact on you um, certain film? No, a few films. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the first Godzilla movie I ever watched, I'm pretty sure, was Godzilla 2000, and I think that really mm-hmm. captured something for me as a kid. And as I've gotten older, all the other movies that I've watched have done so many different things for me and influenced me, um, and made me appreciative of of movies. Kicking and screaming because of the ties I have with my brother and and bringing. Reminiscent of all the trips I used to take, Lord of the Rings, I think as far as like fantasy is concerned, is what like made me love fantasy. Um, and there's so much more to say there I won't hear. I've already said it in the other Lord of the Rings. Star Wars A New Hope, specifically A New Hope. My dad made me watch it, and I remember just being so captured by it. Um, and it changed me. Goodwill Hunting as well, Will. Such a 
such a great movie. I won't even need. I don't even need anything else, man. That, yeah. Such a great movie. Uh, the Exorcist, big, big for me, and Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. all great okay. choices. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, Spider Man. What am I thinking? Oh, Spider Man, two thousand two. Oh yeah, I mean, damn it! I was not gonna say that until you did. Uh, yeah, with great power. I think of lines whenever I, I hate to say it. Like I think of lines that are said in movies, and that's how I think about how they relate to me. So you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Definitely gonna go see Madam Web. Side note. Um, but yeah, Spider Man two thousand two. Um, oh, man. Um, not to sound too weird, Power Rangers grew up on them i mean uh, not maybe peak a cinema but nonetheless grew up on them hey. and learned some quality life lessons so there's that and then uh i would say lord of the rings was a huge i mean aragon had a huge impact on me um whatever the i don't know the speech by heart but the premise of what he says at the black gate and he's like you know you know, there may come a day when things are shitty and we don't succeed, but today is not that day. And that's how I, I like to think I tackle a lot of my problems. It's like, maybe I won't make it through this fall camp day, but damn it, not today. I'm going to show up and I'm going to survive one way or another. Yep. You know, there's a, uh, yeah. So that, those would be some big ones, I would say. Probably Goodwill Hunting too. I mean, I think, again, for that being a movie in the 90s, again, talking about mental health and the fact that Matt Damon is this guy that's not achieving his full potential, and he can, but because of things that happened to him in his past and how he views you know, Ben Affleck as basically his only family and he can't let go, something about the lesson of sometimes you have to let go to evolve and that's okay is so essential, I think, for growth. Because, I mean, how many people do we know from our hometowns that we're never able to leave. And it's like, buddy, if you would just go explore a little bit outside the realm of what you know, you would do so much better. You would know. So, you know, so that, that's kind of, you know, something for me again, being from coming from Oklahoma to Oregon, you know, was huge thing for me, but any final thoughts, guys? I, I got nothing, nothing right. on, nothing on mine. I was just going to yeah. mention, I forgot to. I I wasn't even sure when I was going to put this in. I think it was on the representation thing. Um, was the main the actress in Killers of the Flower Moon is the first indigenous actor or Native American, I guess you could say, part of the United that lived in the United States, so indigenous to the United States, to receive an Oscar mm-hmm. nomination. But she's not the first indigenous person ever. The first was the Maori actor in two thousand three, followed by um, a. Mexican uh, indigenous person in 2018. So, okay, awesome. Hey guys, representation matters. I totally butchered that word, but I apologize. Um, bums, thank you guys for listening to our episode. Thank you, Will, for being here with us. We look forward to having you in the future. The bums love you. We love you, bums. Please check out our social media, mainly Instagram. It's gonna be the number one way. Tell us if you like Will being on the pod. We'll keep him. If you don't. Sorry, well, it is what it's business. It's okay, no, I understand. Uh, it's, you know, if you wanted to be the new co-host, I guess I'm out and Will's in. Um, but that being <laughs> said, Bones, please check out our Instagram, T H E B U underscore M S. Check out the website, www.strugglingbums.com, um, where you can check us out there and also find that's also a good way to communicate with us. We'll see you, Bums, later. Peace. See y'all.